Hello and welcome to A Vague Idea. This is a comedy trivia podcast. I'm Nate Regolia. Each week, we subject our guests to a list of topics to find out if they have a vague idea. And this week, we're going to be talking about something that happens in the United States naturally. Every four years, there's a change of seasons and and then something called the Prezies happens and everyone goes out and throws paper and waits to see which candidate's going to see their shadow or not. So we're going to talk about presidents. And joining us, we have two remarkable returning guests. Our first guest is an actor, a, uh, a drinker, drinker, drinker. I think I can say is that, both. Is that my second thing? Am I actor and then drinker? <laughs> I mean, well, most actors, drinker second. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like that goes without saying, right? Yes, this is a scotch and soda, but that doesn't mean it's not here nor there. It doesn't define you. It doesn't hey, define you. I have you. a nice big bottle of water. I don't know why you're bragging. Yeah, there you go. See, everybody's everybody's flexing beverages. What an exciting time. <laughs> uh, so our first our first guest returning to the show again. You would remember him from the uh, the incredible two-hander. Uh, where we did consume quite a bit of alcohol, but yes, we, uh, we also talked about a lot of socialism and good things. So, uh, really, Seth Harris, welcome back. Pleasure to be here. How you doing? I'm, you know, I'm doing all right. It's oh, uh, we're we're in a new year when this episode oh, airs. Yes, and, yes, uh, it is. And God damn it, I feel like the future is bright enough to put on sunglasses. You know, <laughs> you're feeling more optimistic than I am, but I appreciate you know your idealism. Yeah, because right. Seth just read the article that said at the current rate of vaccinations, the United States will be vaccinated in 10 years. Oh, yeah. no. Oh, no. Is that a thing that's real? That's a thing uh. that's real. Well, that's at the current rate. And they're bumble fucking the shit out of everything right now. Uh, our that's second guest is is the pessimistic newsreader you just heard from. He is uh, he is a, a an excellent dungeon master. He, uh, he he's a former journalist. I, I mean, I guess. I mean, like you're former, always a journalist. You're yeah, right? you know, once a journalist, always a journalist. Enemies of the state, if you ask me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and a playwright. It's Jeff Wolf. Jeff, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much. I I was gonna say in your intro in your intro, you say it's a comedy podcast, and I worry that that's setting an expectation that we're actually funny people. And I'm not sure that I am. I mean, like, looks aren't everything, Nate. That's that's good. I mean, I was going to say that sometimes the the joke is just that we're trying to talk about these things at all. It's 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 meta. We're doing meta humor here. Meta this isn't humor. about this isn't about having a, a tight five. This isn't about bits. Um, though bits sometimes happen on this show. I mean, Seth and I. Yeah, they do. Bits. Yeah, oh, yeah that's right. <laughs> all right. So yeah, we're going to talk about presidents. U.S. presidents, to be specific. All three of us have been longtime uh, residents of the United States of America, for better or for Some worse. Some of us longer than others. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> slightly. <laughs> You're not 60, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I feel like it. I feel like it. Well, I we all you, do, because it's, it's I, been a hell of a when year. When I got out of bed this morning, I felt like it has been a hell of a year. <laughs> can, we just, can we just enjoy that we are actually living in 2021 right now? It's yeah, it's it's glorious. We made it. We got this far. I mean, like, like the, it looks remarkably similar to 2020, oh, yeah. in that we're still stuck in our houses. But well, in the in the, the the roving death posses are new, but I feel like uh, Biden's just going to clean this right up, so we don't have to worry about it. No problem. <laughs> He's going to say, "Hey, Jack, get your act together." Yeah, you put away those implements of murder no more and malarkey. Stop. <laughs> Take that child's. <laughs> Thigh out of your mouth. 
Jack. I'm going to take care of these nerd wells. <laughs> All right. So, hey, let's get started with the opening question. Seth, I'm going to start with you. You're both going to get a, a crack at the same question. Seth, would you want to be president of the United States? Why or why not? Oh, fuck no. <laughs> Who wants to be president okay, of the United States? I think, I think the question is, is, though, is do you have to run for president or are you just president? Okay, I mean, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll take out. Uh, I'm not asking about campaigning. I'm not asking for the politicking. I'm saying, would you want to be president, given, okay. given your knowledge of it? Seth, go ahead. First of all, the only circumstance under which I would become president of the United States is if somehow I became like secretary of labor and then I was the guy who stayed at home uh, for the State of the Union and somebody blew up the Capitol building. Like this is this is the only because I would never be elected to this position. And B. Though you might be erected to the position. You, I mean, talk about doing bits. <laughs> yeah, we're doing bits. All right. <laughs> Are we talking about the Washington Monument already? <laughs> Schwing. It's a giant penis right there in the middle of the Capitol. Nice. Um, wait, 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 really quick. Before you finish this, have you guys ever seen the uh, the video um, that is like Washington, George Washington? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's oh, yeah, an yeah. animated video where he yeah, talks yeah. about that he has like 40 dicks. And mm -hmm. like every time I see the Washington Monument, I think of that song. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's, yeah. That's good brand. Yeah. Okay. That's Go ahead, fucking so. vintage internet right there. Yeah. yeah, back when the internet worked for good, for the most part. <laughs> I mean, well, back when it was just you know like a anarchic institution of of good and evil all mixed into one, and blah blah blah. Right. It was lovely. It was <laughs> before nefarious corporate interests really got their full stranglehold on the thing. Instead of the quality uh, directed evil we have today. So so no, I, why who so I mean, this is something I've never understood actually. Like, even when I was a kid, I remember thinking, like, why does anybody want to be the fucking president of the United States? Because, A, it's a it's a hard job. You have to <laughs> not sleep. You have tons of decisions uh, with significant consequences, all these different things. You know, it's, it's an inordinate amount of work. It is. And it's not fun. This isn't fun work. I mean, sure, every once in a while you get a state dinner. But, like, most of the time, this is just, like, meetings and shit. And then... When shit goes awry, it's all on your fucking shoulders, right? So, like, you are handily the person with the worst job in government and the one who gets all of the blame. And, right? and, and Obama said it really well. He said, you know, if you're doing a good job, people don't talk about you. Right. Sure. Yeah. I mean, well, like, yeah. If, if you're doing know, a good job, I don't know what he would know about that. Uh, <laughs> We can we can get into our criticisms of uh, former presidents later. I agree with you, Seth. But uh, yeah, it ages. It's a job that ages you terribly. Also, yeah, not one yeah. person comes out of there looking refreshed. No. I, I, well, and here's the thing: is I don't think I'd actually be a good president. I have a temper, and I and I um, uh, uh, and I wouldn't want to, like I and I would second guess like every decision. Mm -hmm. I would be like, like, I don't know if this is the right, because every decision you make, like lives actually change. Um, oh yeah. Like yeah. I've, I, I could be like, like a speech writer for a president and maybe advise the president on how to write a play, but I, <laughs> <laughs> I assuming would not... of course there's a situation where the president's father-in-law might've murdered his father, thus trying to assume the vice presidency in a weird sort of situation. And then you're like, we need to do a play within a play <laughs> to get this guy 
Hamlet. Go ahead. <laughs> Good choice. I was like, that was such a random, like, non sequitur. Like, really, like, okay. Um, You're the playwright. So, I don't know. You, I, you I know, but all, you went to Jeff Hamlet. wrote every single line of this episode of the show. I am just reading from the script as presented. I mean, like, because, but the perks of being a president are nice. You get to watch all the movies and TV shows ahead of time whenever you want. I mean, you get to have Lin-Manuel Miranda come to the White House and do a private performance of Hamilton in the rooms where it actually happened. Like they, yeah. like they did the cabinet rap battle in the cabinet room. And I was like, well, well, that's fucking cool. I mean, like, right? I mean, like, this that's is, cool. So this is why you want to be a very close advisor to the president, but not the president right. himself. Right, so you exactly. can be in the room and see all the cool shit. But right. not, uh, but I'm not even sure I would yeah. be able to sleep being an advisor because, like, if you advise the wrong thing and he goes with or she goes with your advice, then oops, like, yeah. like, yeah, yeah, like, like, I think, I think to be president, you have to be a person who either wants the fame and power, like our soon to be former president or, or, or most recent president currently whatever. former president yeah I don't know. currently former president um maybe currently or, former alive or you with you actually have this drive to help the country because we've had both presidents um like and throughout history it's either people who just want the power or people who actually want to make the country better um and sometimes certainly, with their their vision erring toward the form you know like you're definitely more of the power seekers right than but, of but the, also yeah. Also, some of the people who definitely wanted to make the country better, just I didn't agree with their policies. Mm -hmm. Like, like there, there are definitely presidents who have massively disagreed with, who I do think wanted to become president because they wanted to make the country better. Um, and there, and I, I wonder that we're, I, I'm hoping that because, um, like, like I just finished a book called uh, "The Ones We've Been Waiting For." Mm -hmm. And it's based on an Obama speech. I mean, like, like the, the phrase came from somebody, some other people before it, but he made it famous with the speech saying, we're the ones we've been waiting for. And he was talking to a bunch of millennials and millennials are, there are certain millennials who are really interested in making the country and the planet a better place. And they, they really feel strongly about it and they're doing it differently than every previous generation, very different than the baby boom. Um, and it's really an interesting discussion of, um, you know, it talks about Occupy Wall Street, which was the first sort of like millennial movement, but sort of fizzled because people are like, well, they didn't have any leaders and they didn't really have a core message. But I think it also set the stage of how millennials are going to do things. So, for example, like then when you get to Black Lives Matter, there is no leader of Black Lives Matter, but mm -hmm. that's on purpose because every city has one or two Black Lives Matter leaders. And sure. that's what makes it so strong. That's what makes it a movement. So it's not down to one person. Well, and, I mean, and, like, yeah, and historically, being a leader of any movement that opposes the status quo means you just have a target on your back the whole time. Right. Yeah. But, but not, the millennials not a lot have to be gained. But these millennials have figured out that Martyrdom. because we don't yeah. have a centralized leader, they're not they're not able to target any one person. They just have to listen to the message. Yeah, and, sure, sure. 
And so, and it's been very effective at, at thing at like Black Lives Matter being a really good example of that. Um, because then when it they, comes time to mobilize, they have leaders in every, in every part of the nation and they mobilize. Yeah. So. Yeah, uh, great job on the opening question. I'm gonna give you each two points because honestly, nobody, nobody should want to be the president. Only generally people with narcissistic personality disorder desire the job. Um, unless they're children. And of course, if you're a kid, you're like, oh, I'd like to be the person on TV who looks important. That's fun. But when you know what the job is, holy shit, no, thank you. Now, we'd all, and especially because if anybody understands how government works anyway, you'd, you'd much rather be the Senate majority leader than the president anyway. You wield more power. You don't take as much flack somehow. And you get to be a, you know, terrifying 175-year-old turtle man. So that's exciting. Um, and you get like months off at a time. Yeah. Constant breaks while making hundreds of thousands of dollars each year. Uh, Jeff, I will, I will uh, say that I think it's interesting to talk about the way that we change uh, how we engage in movements. My, my only major, and I think Seth and I agree on this, my only major beef with Obama's sort of uh, narrative tack around this is that it, it tries to co-opt JFK and say that, hey, you guys all have to figure out how to do this. Like we're who we've been waiting for is lovely. Uh, yeah. When it comes to our town flooded, how do we save the church? Well, yeah, everybody in the town can come together to do a thing. When it comes to national politics, you need institutional leadership that actually gives a shit to well, do and that's what this, that's what this book is about. So I really recommend okay. that you, you read it. And, I, and then we'll talk about it when you're done. Because she interviews some leading millennials. She interviews Pete Buttigieg. She interviews mm -hmm. AOC. She interviews Dan Crenshaw. Um, she doesn't just is interview... Buttigieg is Buttigieg on the millennial side? Is he? Yeah. I think he's, I think he's, yeah. He he's was in college. In he was in college when 9-11 happened. Or I don't, yeah. So, so he's so around millennials. Millennials yeah. are um, Fuck, born weird. in 1980 mm -hmm. to 1990 something. Yeah. But yeah, it, I just it, missed it by a year. Yeah. So it, technically, it, Nate, you're a millennial. I, I know, yeah. I mean, and, and look, I like, I... I'm a big, I'm in a big place of, I don't like all of the speech making politics of the last like two generations of democratic politicians. So my beef with Obama is largely about that, that it's like, Hey, I'm going to be inspiring and not actually do a lot of policy things that move the ball enough that we convince people stuff. Well, well, it's like Kennedy versus Johnson thing, right? It's like Kennedy right. can do a, a, a sweeping speech and you know, change all the hearts of the world. But Johnson got it done. And yeah, not all the good shit. Johnson also, also murdered shit, a whole but... bunch of people in Vietnam. But yeah, we're exactly. Gonna talk, we're going to be talking about Johnson a little bit, too. So well, but the other, are we going to talk about Johnson's is... Johnson? Because it was impressive. <laughs> Perhaps. Uh. Um, the other, but the other thing about, uh, so I listen to Pod Save America, too. Shout out to another podcast. Um, and those guys often talk about that they wish they had another shot at it because they realized that when they had the House and Senate, they didn't go after enough, enough policy changes because they felt like they had to do just a few at a time to actually get them done. No, yeah, and they, incrementalism is, is poison. And it's, and it's yeah, a poison yeah. that we're feeding ourselves all the time. I well, mean, I, and I'm wondering I've dealt with that we, even in, in city politics. The Republicans know it's poison. Republicans absolutely know that incrementalism yeah. is poison, but they're That's happy they to allow it. Democrats. To, yeah. I mean, like it's they let Democrats do incremental things and they do sweeping reforms every single time they have power. Yeah, right. Well, well. And so this this we're recording this podcast. Spoiler alert. Before we know the results of the Georgia runoff. Yeah. And I feel like that <laughs> the um, 
if 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 the Democrats somehow get the House and Senate here, that for the next two years, they're not going to do incrementalism. They're just going to go. I, I feel like they're going to go for everything. I feel like Puerto Rico is going to become a state. I feel like like big. Wait, things. I thought you were the cynical one. I thought you were the cynical one who thought that things are going to go poorly. No, because no, that's I'm way more optimistic than I have been in my entire yeah. life. Yeah. I mean, like, I just feel like I feel like because there is a demand for once we get the House and Senate, let's just go for broke. And here's the thing: is when you do stuff, you get reelected. People just want True. people who do stuff. Yep. So let's take two years and do the stuff. And for the first time in a long time, the opposing party may not take the House in 2022. I'm gonna I'm gonna cross my fingers that this scenario plays out, but I am I am very uh, pessimistic that even with majorities, the coalition in power currently that has been trying to find the quote unquote non-existent middle over and over is going to do anything bold. I yeah. think that they're more likely to say, hey, we won, but we wanna bring you guys in because we need to heal the country. So instead of doing Medicare for all, what we wanna do is this toothless public option that no one can actually do because it costs you $300 a month in taxes and it doesn't cover anything. But this will make people feel like we're progressive while also but, but pleasing like, our corporate but that's insurance. Not, Third way Democrats are bullshit. Healthcare is not the main thing. I mean, no, like, I know it's not. Student the, it's debt not the main is a thing. huge problem. Like, I, yeah, I mean, like, like climate change needs to happen. I think making Puerto Rico a state is really is something I've really glommed onto. Of well, and something that also, needs to happen. But those and are DC yeah. as well. And we like need, I said, what's the correct to Democrat why senators? Are we, why are Hooray. we maintaining fifty states? It's not even that. We need to start the game show now. We haven't. Even, you've you've only avoided avoided two points. Well, that's the that's the opening question, and you both did great. And the game show is a conceit to have these conversations. So good. <laughs> Though I am going we've to taken redirect half things. an hour to yeah. do one question. I'm redirecting. We'll just we'll do half an hour per question. We'll end up on here for five hours. Jeff, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know Jeff, you, you wanted you wanted to be done after two in the morning, right? So we're good. We're on we're on pace. Uh, round number one. Jeff, I'm going to start with you. Do you have a vague idea about George Washington's wooden teeth? Yes, I do. Oh, I actually know quite a bit about them. Talk about it. About? Let's let's. They hear actually, it. they actually mostly weren't wooden. They were, they were actually, some of them were wooden, but but some of them were other people's teeth, mm. notably teeth taken from slaves. Very good. Um, like, uh, yeah, I learned that because I read. Uh, was it? Malcolm Gladwell, who's told, taught me that? No, it was a, a thing on, it was the oatmeal who, that taught yes. me that. I also yeah. learned oatmeal. that from the oatmeal. <laughs> yeah, the oatmeal taught So thank you, shout out to the oatmeal. Yeah, very good, very good. Seth, anything to add about George Washington's wooden teeth? No, he, I think he, he summed it up perfectly. We, because that, well, hold the, on the real whole, quick. Yeah. The, this is my favorite article the oatmeal's ever done because it's about the backfire effect, which explains everything about why people adhere to false truths. Um, and it's something that I feel like everybody should read. And he mm -hmm. succinctly mm -hmm. describes the backfire effect so well, better than That's I've beautiful. ever seen it described. Yeah, it's it's wonderful. And, and it helped me understand why, despite everything that Donald Trump has done, people still love him. So yeah. Some people. Seth, anything, anything to add? No, what's funny is the only thing that I was going to add was pretty much exactly what he just said, which is that that, uh, <laughs> that, that oatmeal really was, I mean, it really was, it was profound. Um, I don't always love the oatmeal, but when I do, I really, really do. And, uh, and that was one that was just, you know, he was so on point. 
Oh, yeah. um, Maple syrup and brown sugar all day. <laughs> all O'Neal right. jokes? Great job on Washington's wooden teeth. I'm going to give you each one point because, Jeff, you, you stepped all over Seth trying to say what he was going to say, and you said I'm it. I'm so, so sorry. It was, gonna, I was directed at him. Yeah. It was directed at him. He should have been answering it. He did exactly what he was supposed to do. Uh, hey, nobody I, did anything wrong, that. but this is how I give yeah. out points. So, Seth, round number two, do you have a vague idea about William Howard Taft in the bath? Oh, boy, do I. Uh he was not a small man. No, no, indeed, was it was Taft. He was uh, he was a man of rotundity, and he, I mean, to I be feel fair, like that's putting it mildly, <laughs> mirth and good, fair, baby. I have seen in person a bathtub that was not exactly the bathtub that he got stuck in, but it was a bathtub that was pretty much identical in size and shape. Uh, and like on the placard of this, you know, historic home that I was in. Is got all this, and it's like, oh, this bath. It was like the one that Howard William Howard Jeff got stuck in. <laughs> all right, uh, thanks. But it, w- but it was a very small bathtub that I would have no problem with because I'm, you know, like I've got my Scrandine Scandinavian thing going on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I, I feel like you know anybody who's uh, even even a little thick would. Uh, Run the risk without some, you know, serious lotion. Most, but yeah, most yeah, bathrooms guess... were designed for small people. Like Indeed. Well, people because were more people humpety used back to then. be small. Yeah. Yeah. People used to be well, like Taft five was two. Taft. Quite uncommon that in his rotundity. Then he was. I mean, like he was just a big guy. Yeah. Barrel chested. Big eater. Stomached. Barrel assed. Yeah. Barrels all so over. So, have you Barrels ever read days. the Bully Pulpit by Doris Kearns Goodwin? Have not. Um, That's the one about Roosevelt. It's about, about Roosevelt and Taft okay, and the journalists at the time. It's about that whole little era. And, and my, one of my favorite things is she describes at one point, she describes one of Taft's meals and it was like, Oh my God, that's so much food. <laughs> was he eating as much as uh, uh, the swimmer? What's that guy's name? Michael Phelps. Yeah. Was he eating as much as Michael Phelps? I'm. I mean, I don't. I don't know how much Michael Phelps ate, but but at some Taft point, Michael Phelps was consuming like twenty thousand calories a day. Yeah, but he was probably. burning it. Constantly. That sounds so expensive. Yeah. yeah, but you're like just like I need to eat ten fish and three steaks and fifty two potatoes and seventy four broccoli. When I when I was in like sixth grade, I did a report on uh, on Babe Ruth. Um, or I started to do a report on Babe Ruth and I like did all the research and I started to write it and then I was like, nah, I'm going to do it on Alexander the Great and so nothing carried over. But, uh, <laughs> but while I was doing research on Babe Ruth, I discovered that he would, as a snack, not as a meal, as a snack, just have a full rotisserie chicken. Yeah, there you uh, go. Probably while so that, smoking two cigars at the same time too. So he's just like chewing and smoking. <laughs> exactly. How did that man make it past 40? I mean, we'll never know. Hey, people were built tougher than I guess. I mean, he also <laughs> drank like a lot. I mean, he was a party animal. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Everybody talks about performance enhancing drugs in baseball, and honestly, like there's a whole bunch of records set by people who were so numb to the world that who like, <laughs> you never you would never know that you like tore your rotator cuff or injured your knee. You'd be like, oh no, I'm I'm as fucked up as I always am. Hey, hey you want some? <laughs> you you want you want um some great president related trivia about Babe Ruth? Sure. Hit one, me. Like 
when he got a big raise, he people are like, "You make more than the president." He said, "Well, I have a I had a better year than he did." It's true. It's true. <laughs> Way more home runs. President of the well, time. But real, I think that was real bunter. If you, if you ask me, yeah, I was gonna say that's he was playing during the late twenties, early thirties, and so yeah, like. So I think that was during Hoover when things got really bad. <laughs> yeah, it's not hard to about a better year than, than any year that Hoover had. Uh, I mean, for God's sake, slums were called Hoovervilles. You know, yeah. like... Yeah. Uh, uh, anyway. And now they're called Trump Towns. Hey, we, we could only be so lucky. Uh, great job on Taft. The only thing I'm going to add is the whole thing about him getting stuck in the bathtub is a myth. Didn't actually get stuck in a bathtub. Yeah, I didn't. He just that's had... what I was going to say. You didn't give me a chance. I thought she said in the book that it was a myth, that it never actually happened. Yeah, yeah. My my research found the same thing, that he was no, he had a specially built bathtub created right. that was Be- very large. And I'm right. sure that's what gave everybody was like, oh, my God, guys, he must have a big bath because he got stuck in his old bath because he's a big fatty. And because, you know, people are catty as fuck and we all live in a Steinbeck novel. So it's fine. Well, and now I'm now I'm fucking confused about the place that I visited. It was like we have a bathtub. Like, where did they get that? You never even gave me the chance to answer that to get points. So I feel like I should get points. So don't worry. I feel like I should get ten billion points. That's that's not. We're not going to break the the curve. And for feeling like that, you get no points. Yeah, yeah, but you are you are both going to get two points for Taft in the bathtub. You're being a little. You're being a little uh, like we're we're the equality going on here. So Seth, you should know that every single time I've done this one, I'm way too competitive about the points. Yeah, like it, just, <laughs> like it really does not matter who wins a vague idea, but I really want to win, and it's yeah. so dumb. Jeff's Jeff's gonna be a monster, and I'm going to appease him until I don't. So just get excited for that. Uh, it. It's time to play our first game. We're gonna play a brand new game. It's Ooh. called shot or not you might remember the old website hotornot.com, where you got to say like hey is this person attractive or aren't they attractive just click a button and completely judge a person on the internet well we're going to play shot or not which is much more empirical i'm going to give each of you a shot at two presidents names and you're going to tell me were they shot or not seth we're going to start with you yes please gerald ford was he shot or not are we talking during the, their presidency or like just generally speaking in their lives Oh man, I mean, if you if you can come up with a time when he was generally speaking shot, no, no, Gerald Ford was not shot. No, <laughs> not good. shot. Very good, very yeah, but good. Squeaky Frome was gonna shoot him, right? Yeah, there there was okay. there was a a credible threat to his life yeah. at one point. Very good, Seth. That's one point. Okay, Jeff, shot or not, James Garfield, he was shot. He sure was, and and, and the bullet killed him. Yeah, he's yeah, one he of died. our he's one of our he's assassinated, assassinated presidents. Um, by the anarchist, like um, I, I only know this because of assassins, Seth. Oh, yeah, because, of because of- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know this because of assassins. But yeah, um, great musical. Yeah, wonderful. So <laughs> Stephen Sondheim. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, very good. He he was shot and killed. Uh, Seth, back to you. William Henry Harrison, shot or not? Uh, not shot. Uh, well, shot himself in the foot, metaphorically speaking, by. <laughs> Going out in the cold uh, to deliver and his a two and a half hour yeah. inauguration address. In yes, yeah. and then and I oh no, he had pneumonia. Who saw that one coming? Very good, uh, Jeff. Teddy Roosevelt shot or not? Um, no, because he wasn't injured during the uh, Rough Riders campaign. Why? Okay, was he uh, shot at another time? Yeah, Seth, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. To the best of my recollection, 
he was he was shot at a campaign event uh he sure in was. the in the oh, fucking yeah. chest and oh, his was it a yeah. copy of his speech he yeah. had in his his yeah, pocket I forgot all stopped the bullet <laughs> Teddy yeah. Roosevelt had a George Costanza wallet with his <laughs> that stopped the bullet when he was running as the Bull Moose candidate. Um, yeah. So yeah, he was he was shot. Um, but you know, I'm not going to give Seth an extra point because it's kind of a technicality. He wasn't president at the time. It's a whole thing. And, I mean, if it doesn't actually injure you, does it? Well, does Teddy it, Roosevelt was sure elected right. president. <laughs> he was the first time he became president because he was the vice president. And the president died. McKinley died. Yeah, because he was shot. Yeah, everybody, Was everybody, shoot, everybody shooting present. No, we're done. We're done. Oh, Great okay. job. Uh, Seth, two points. Jeff, one point. <laughs> shot or not. I didn't award the fourth point, so nobody can be upset with me. And now it's time for round number three. Jeff, do you have a vague idea about the Hall of Presidents? Yeah. Talk about it. That's in, You're thinking about the Disneyland thing, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's super creepy, and it's been around for a long time. And they actually added Trump. Mm -hmm. uh, because there was a lot of question of whether or not they were going to add Trump. And so he actually looks more lifelike than the actual Trump. Um, but it's, it's actually one of the only original or early stuff, early placement at Disney World that's still there because they've swapped out so much stuff. Um, it's one of the only ones that's still there, uh, the Hall of Presidents. But it was a huge step forward in animatronic technology at the time yep. like people could not believe that these weren't real people now if you visit disneyland and see some of their new animatronics it's like so lifelike that you think that they're like real people and then you realize when they do the same thing three times that it's not a real person but you can't hardly tell anymore yeah you're like what is robert downey jr doing here and how much are they paying him and then you when he says i am iron man the third time you're like wait i don't think you're the real guy well, actually, I was thinking of the Smuggler's Run because uh, last year we went to D the Disneyland and the Star Wars Land, and they have a bunch of animatronic guys in the lead up to get on the ride, and they're so lifelike. Are they like it's the? Crazy. Are they aliens and stuff? Yeah, one of them is a, a character from Rebels and Clone Wars. Oh, okay. And you're like, I cannot believe how good he looks. That's cool. I, I've still been hoping to go there someday. We'll we'll see if we are ever clear of a uh, globe sweeping illness so that I can check. I really want to go back because I didn't get to do the age of the resistance ride yet. But who knows if that'll ever happen? I, I, I went to Disney World when I was like 10. And that's that's my that's my was, experience of that establishment. I was 16. The only time I ever went. Uh, Seth, that's exactly anything. Anything else to add about Hall of Presidents other than you've been to Disney World once? Yeah, and, and I didn't go to Epcot, to be honest. So, uh, I, I have literally zero. I was The thing that I was thinking of, actually, was um, Madame Tussauds. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which, which also has a very similar kind of conceptual thing, but not moving. It's just wax. It's just wax figures. And I don't know how I feel about wax figures. I've never really. Do you think that they decided to take out a wax figure like this person's no longer famous enough? They just light the wick on the top of their head and and, and let it burn down. I, I mean, I'm yeah. my my sincere hope is that every single wax figure at Madame Tussauds is like made uh, with some fragrance, so that it's that that when you do get around to lighting the candle, that they are. It's a nice scented candle. Yeah, yeah, you know. 
your your JFK smells like uh, medication and and uh, whiskey probably. And, I don't know. And booze, yeah. Yeah, 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 it's great. Julia uh, Child smells like sugar cookies. Yes. See there, that's now we're tr- now we're talking Yankee Candle Company here, guys. This is what we need to be talking about. Uh, great job. Yeah, Hall of Presidents. Weird, weird thing to experience because it is just animatronic presidents giving uh, snippets of their speeches that are important. It is it is remarkable to see robots do things when they're like, "I'm Abe Lincoln. Listen to me, four score, etc." Um, but there's also just the the horribleness, which is that they added Trump to it. And apparently Trump, by all reports, is way more erudite than he is in real life because they were like, well, we can't ruin our ride. <laughs> even, though, <laughs> even though really we need to what we need to do is create a robot that has 72 million different shitty phrases that he could spout at any time. And you just walk up and push the button and he's like, I have the best oh. people. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of people are saying illegal, but. I mean, it's it's kind of like that's a dig at him at the end of the day. It's a dig by contrast, you know, when it's, <laughs> it's okay. like only a robot look, can do you right. Exactly. We had to totally make up some bullshit that that so, you have so never come close to in your life in order to make it sound reasonable. Why did they bother with that? They don't have every president. So why did they do Trump at all? I mean, like, it's because not like it's he's so ever going to go. If, if they didn't, it would have been a story and it would have cost Disney money. Disney, oh, it's because look, they've yeah, done a yeah, lot of the most yeah. recent. Presidents. Disney needs money. Disney wants everybody to come to Disney World and Disneyland at all times. Disney wants everybody to pay Disney for every Disney that Disney Disney's. And if you don't include the shittiest and most divisive president in our lifetime, people are going to be like, I'm boycotting Disney and they're going to burn their Mickey Mouse jerseys and shit like they do with all the other stuff. And then they're going to go see a Marvel movie because they're dumb. Right, they're going to be like, yeah, I was stupid to Disney because they're going to go see Guardians of the Galaxy. No, the Marvel movies are great. No, 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 no insult to Marvel movies. I watch all of them. Or almost all of them. Uh, I'm going to skip Wonder Woman 1984, but that's not you know, like Marvel, a, man. That's DC, DC. movie. Yeah. Oh shit! That's so right. You're so right. Uh, so I don't even give a fuck. I don't give hey, a fuck. Yeah. It's so so it's every time you go to the Mar- go see a Marvel movie, you always ask the person next to you. I wonder if this will be the bad one. And every time you go see DC, go see a DC movie, you ask the person next to you. I wonder if this will be the good one. That's a big zing. DC listeners, take it on the chin, kids. Sorry. I mean, like I the mean, first, the first Christopher Wonder Nolan's Woman Batman's. Is- yeah, I don't yeah. count those. I'm talking about the new, the new, the, the DCU, post, the DCU. And, oh, and, oh, and, oh, oh. and here's the thing: I think Wonder Woman, the first Wonder Woman movie, is a good movie. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a good movie. Right. But it was kind Wonder of like surface level feminism, but whatever. You know, like it's. Fine. You think they were like, we need to release all of our WB movies on HBO Max because they're actually all really shitty and we need to make sure we make some money off of them. I think they I think they want to make whatever money they can make. Oh, and, and they're going to make some money cuz they know that they know that they're not going to get anybody in the theater until probably June of next year at best. At best. Except that Denny's Villeneuve is just going to sue the shit out of them until the day. Oh, they're he's agree to... super pissed about Dune. Holy fuck. Yeah. Like well, which, good for him because it's, it's yeah. he's he's like this is the legit opportunity to do a film and uh yeah don't cheat him out of it it is it is his passion project it is the film that he considers the best film he's ever made it is something that he wants to build into a franchise it is my favorite novel of all time uh or which i've never read honestly oh my god jeff get on it which is so good i tried to read it and then i realized the sounding 
weapons weren't in the book and i was really disappointed this yeah they back are in middle school and oh, they're, they're like, definitively in the book oh they are okay the weird well, modules? yeah uh, but i have to tell you the the um um I, I don't know that he can make a better movie than Arrival because Arrival movie. is such Arrival a is beautiful. It's, it's, it is it's a really good movie. Oh, good. I mean, I, 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 I saw it with my wife, and at the recommendation of my brother, he's like, "You just have to go see it. You and Alice have to go see it." So we go to see it, and like, I really like this movie. And I turned to her at the very end, the credits roll, and I turned to her to ask her if she liked it, and she, like me, had tears just streaming yeah. down her face. Yeah. I mean, it was, that was a, a nearly perfect film. movie. It, it was, was a nearly so perfect. Good. I, so I, good. And, and you think about it. think about it for days. I, I mean, you could think yeah. about that movie for days. Yeah, Blade, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, also a very, very good movie. Also very. So good. I have We'd, to, I have to confess, never seen Blade Runner, never seen Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Well, you've got okay. some homework. Read Dune, watch the Blade Runners. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, and also read Do and Dream of Lucky Sheep because. That'll help you with uh, with the Blade Brothers. Great job on the Hall of Presidents. Uh, two, yeah. points, two points for Jeff. One point for Seth. And we're Aww. going to round number four. Seth, do you have a vague idea about Lyndon Johnson's bunghole? Uh, as as in his actual like rec, like his his anus, or or, or uh, stuff related to it? Yes. Go ahead. Yes. Well, I mean. Here are the things that I know about Lyndon Johnson. Uh-huh. Uh, is that he did actually really, and I think get a pleasure out of just shitting while talking with somebody uh-huh. in person, you know, like not shutting the door of the bathroom, nothing just like, Hey, I'm going to go, I'm pooping now, but we're still having this meeting. So please continue. Um, the problem with his butthole, as far as I understand it, is that most of his foreign policy came out of it. Uh, <laughs> And so it's pretty accurate. That's pretty accurate. <laughs> well, yeah. So there's that. And uh, I think I think he was looking down during one of those meetings at, at what he had wrought, and that's when he came up with the exit strategy for Vietnam. What exit strategy? He didn't exactly. like come even close. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just just yeah, to move to the next guy. So here, can I tell my favorite Lyndon Johnson story? It has nothing to do with his bunghole, though. Go ahead. Um, when he was mad at somebody, he would invite them to dinner at the White House and he would sit them right next to him and they would be served. And then he would proceed to eat everything that was on their plate right in front of them. <laughs> and nobody could say anything because he's the president. So he would just eat off of, he would eat everything on the plate and nobody could say anything because he was the president. And, and, and so, and it was a full dinner. Everybody was there. A lot of people were there. So you're just humiliated. That Lyndon Johnson is eating your dinner. He's literally just doing a Daniel Day Lewis in uh, in that movie. Yeah, drinking he's, he's drinking their milkshake. Yeah. yeah, he's drinking their milkshake. There will be uh, one. Yeah. <laughs> the the story I drank that I, our milkshake. Okay. The story I was alluding to was that uh, there is a an audio recording that is on the internet that all of us can listen to, and I hope listeners, I hope you check it out of Lyndon Johnson ordering pants from Hager. The That's right. Flax I've company. heard this. Right. Where he yeah. is on the phone saying, "Hey, I need extra room in in the seat through the crotch down to the bunghole. I, <laughs> I need this. I need this special room because yeah, he's like, hey, my rig's too big and I I cannot deal with average man's pants. So make me special pants. And they're like, hey, where do we send these? He says, White House. <laughs> Which I mean, just 
As far as, I mean, I, yeah. I, obviously, like, uh, foreign policy failures and everything else, uh, the man could order pants with panache, and that's, <laughs> well, that's where it's Well, what's fascinating really. about Johnson is that he has some of the best domestic policies in the history of the United States, and clearly some of the worst foreign policies. I mean, yeah. like, 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 like he, he got civil rights passed, he... Um, which was not easy. Um, and even From though poverty, it, he tried, he tried with that. He tried. I mean, he mm -hmm. didn't he create modern welfare or something like that. And he built on FDR in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like he did a lot of things for the <clears throat> domestic policies and he was such a terrible foreign policy guy. Well, I mean, he bought hook, line and sinker into the domino theory of communism, yeah. uh, which was just the most paranoid, bad shit, dumb, fucking thing in the world and has absolutely wreaked havoc on the rest of the world since the 50s i mean since guatemala you know and and the fucking uh, uh uh united fruit company and all that shit like this idea that socialism is going to take you you there's that wonderful speech of of johnson you know uh, basically laying out the domino theory like well, you know, you got one of these little countries there in Southeast Asia, it goes communist, and then all these other little countries, they're, 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 they're going to go communist too. really believed that because mm -hmm. it, once the Soviet Union was established as communist, more countries started to do it. And let's be, be honest, the Soviet Union, not a great place to live. Sure. Uh, um, uh, I, think the, I think the big thing is that the... If you were the, Russian, it was all right. Yeah. If you were not yeah. Russian, then it sucked. If you were, yeah. I mean, Ukrainian, it was really bad. It was, yeah. If you were absorbed into it from one of the Asiatic countries that wasn't Russia, yeah. you were in a bad, in a bad spot. But yeah, I got help if you were a satellite. I'm not, I didn't really. say Russia. I said the Soviet Union. Sure. Right. Uh, I mean, the majority of the Soviet Union's population is Russian. But right. Yeah, and actually, there was just a recent survey done like, a few years ago uh, of of current the current Russian population whether the quality of life was better under the Soviet Union or today. Uh, and it was something, it was like 66 or 67% said under the Soviet Union. Everybody's just got Asia, 80s nostalgia. Yeah, well, Crazy. I mean, and like um, Stalin is becoming like a, 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 a nostalgic figure. And all these, you know, like- Really? It, I mean, that yeah. guy was a monster. Yeah, well, I, he I know that. more you people know. than Hitler did. And that was, that takes- that I'm takes a fucking- I am a communist, and I will freely admit that Stalin was a goddamn monster. Stalin's if Lenin good. had not had a stroke, we would live in a different world today. Oh, yeah, but, we would. Yeah, I mean, this is just the way it is. Um, it also says something, incidentally, Saiga, that we would be so afraid. Like, we're not afraid. Nobody's afraid that if one country becomes capitalist, that a bunch of other countries are going to go like, oh, this capitalism thing is fucking amazing. But if one country goes communist... They're like, oh well, you know what? Actually, that sounds that sounds great. Let's do that. Yeah. Maybe there's so, a so reason. The interesting thing is, is that millennials look at com this is this is why communism is viewed so differently. Millennials look at communism and they see Switzerland and they see um, uh, well, like success. It's not so they say yeah. they look at socialism yeah. and places where socialism has has succeeded, has succeeded. But baby boomers are still stuck in the 50s, 60s, and 70s where that meant the end of the world like oh, yeah. Yeah, it was like the socialism other. was it, the was the end of the world if like my dad you'd had to do ducking cover drills in yeah. school because oh we could get nuked like of course but but that's the thing to seth's point like they were fucking all... doing duck and cover drills too i know but just everybody for, was for doing duck and cover drills 
they're getting the ducking cover to not be shot by someone who can come into the school with a gun. Well, um, no, I mean, like in 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 no, I mean, like oh, the sure. communists. People, uh, yeah, people in Russia, in communist countries. Yeah, yeah because Absolutely. they were just as fucking afraid of nuclear war as yeah. we were. Yeah, because it was they're all uh, still human uh, beings. Yeah, the narrative around everything is that uh, people in power manipulate us, and and that's the danger of all of these what? things. I mean, I mean, the thing that I think the thing that that's interesting is that we even though we don't talk about, I mean, obviously right now we are talking about socialism a lot because Trump's only, uh, and the Republican party's only refute for a lot of progressive politicians is to call them socialists and hope that that scares enough people. But um, which it did in Florida this time around. Well, sure. Yeah. But I mean, Florida, I mean, they're Floridians. Like, let's be yeah. honest. Let's yeah. trade Puerto they Rico for Florida. That they have a hall of presidents and they're robots. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Hey, great job. Great job on Lyndon Johnson's bunghole. Two points each. So now it's time to play our second game. We're going to play What If. This is a brand new game as well. Uh, so, Jeff, we're going to start with you. I want you to pick a loser of a U.S. presidential election and tell us why you wish they would have won and you would have seen their president. I feel like this is really low-hanging fruit um, to say Hillary Clinton. <laughs> but... Um, I actually am going to pick um, a person who didn't even make it that far and pick Gary Hart. Okay. Gary Hart. Derailed by a sex scandal. But he would have made, he would have easily won. Um, He was very popular. uh, What, against? uh, 88. Against against, against Reagan? Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh, No, no, no. 88 against Bush. Oh, against Bush. Um, He would have stopped the the, um, economic fall that happened in 89 um, because he saw it coming and he was like, we need to stop that. He was a great, he would have done great things for the country and we would have gotten a lot of the advancements that we eventually got under Clinton four years earlier and Hart would have made a great president. Um, so, and he would have been from Colorado, the first Colorado president, um, um, which, which I've met him. Um, have you met him? Yeah. I mean, like super decent guy. Yeah, he's he's a great guy. Made some stupid decisions with his penis. Sure. So, yeah. so I, I think I think I think uh, Gary Hart would have set this country. We would never we we it would be a really different country because we would have we would have gotten out of Reaganomics. Period. I mean, like Hart was a huge opponent of trickle down economics, and now it's been proven that it does not work um, at all. We wouldn't have billionaires because we don't need them. Um, it, the country would be on a completely different trajectory if Gary Hart hadn't said, I have nothing to hide, go look. And then he completely had something to hide. Yeah, yeah. Oops. Great. That's a very good pick. Seth, who do you choose? Who is the McGovern. loser? Okay, McGovern. Great. 1972. Uh, McGovern Nixon is out of the situation altogether. Yeah, I mean, Nixon wholeheartedly did not deserve a second term. Uh, nothing that Nixon did in his first term really set him up for that. McGovern was undermined every step of the way by the Democratic Party. I mean, like this, they, they I mean, didn't want. To be fair, McGovern but, also botched his vice presidential pick. I mean, like McGovern sure. made a lot of his own mistakes. He did. He did. But McGovern, you know, like we would not have dispensed with Keynesianism. We would have continued on the the New Deal, Great Society trajectory that we were on. Uh, Instead, you know. Nixon would have had a blip. Um, we would have 
set the country up for uh, an extraordinary success uh, going into the 70s and and really avoided the absolute reactionary you know nonsense that was the Reagan administration uh, and and much of actually the last like 40 years yeah because, exactly like because even the people who aren't Reagan Republicans still apply conservative ideology to the arguments against spending on things well exactly I mean as since an Clinton, like first of all fuck Bill Clinton second of all don't fuck Bill Clinton uh, but everybody has <laughs> hey but, 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 uh, uh, I feel the need to say just really importantly that the low hanging fruit and the person that we all wish had been president and was not is Hillary Clinton just because and, I mean, and maybe yeah. she wouldn't have made it. I good don't president. wish she was president. I just wish Trump hadn't been president and she happens to have been the alternative. Right. That's I would what love I for the record, for the record, I would absolutely, absolutely love a, a female president of this country mm-hmm. because I think that is something that we desperately, desperately, desperately need. I just don't need it to be a, a fucking Republican in, in Democrats clothing. I, I, I don't need it to be uh, anybody who reminds me of Thatcher at all. Sure. Um, yeah. But but I, and, I, feel like, I feel like if Hillary had won, you you and I, and the three of us would be sitting around in person having this conversation. Yes. Instead, quite, of, uh, very, instead of in different homes. Very likely. So, very likely. Well, yeah, there is that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> there would be a couple hundred thousand more people alive. Uh in this country, uh, and a few hundred thousand more people dead in Yemen. So, yeah, yeah, uh, great job on uh, on what if. My personal pick is: I wish Jimmy Carter would have won a second term because I think that had Carter won, uh, it would have meant that the Malays speech and all of the uh, attempts he made to educate us on our failed belief that we had to just keep consuming and making money. And that we could be better people would have actually sunken in, and we'd act we would be on a good course too. Now, granted, if we went earlier and went with McGovern or or whatnot, like we'd probably be better off. But uh, I I I love the idea that America would have accepted a wake up call from a just loving uh, Southern uncle type who said, "Hey, everybody, look, we all just, have this crisis of heart where we don't get yeah. that we're not just about personal gain and we have to be about each other." Oh, you're not going to elect me because I said that? Okay, bye. Also, Carter was like uh, aware of the fact that global warming was happening and was willing to do something about it. And blah blah blah. Yeah, I'm, I'm not just name dropping here. I promise. But I also met Jimmy Carter one time. Beautiful. He was so, I, so he I, was on my fucking plane. He was on my plane. And what Jimmy Carter does, uh, or at least did a few years ago, still this was 2015. He comes through and shakes every person's hand on the Aww. plane every oh. single time he takes a, a flight. Just this was just so a, a little. I, I will tell a, you. I will tell you, I'm glad that he didn't win because he has set the standard of what you should be doing as an ex-president. Ain't that the truth? Yeah, Yeah, I mean, and that's great if it meant any actual power of any kind. But I mean, but I, mean like, I, I love it as the idea, but but Jimmy Carter holds he, sort of like a he's a, sort of a he helped eradicate polio. Like that oh, was yeah. his thing. Yeah, I mean, like Jimmy Carter has set the standard. I mean, like and like Bill Clinton has been a an okay ex-president he's done some nice things yeah obama I feel like hasn't figured out what the fuck he wants to do yet um, obama's not going to do anything because he's making enough money not doing stuff and that's just but, how it's going to be we need to well make- i mean but obama least- is going to be exactly like his presidency yeah it's going to be hey uh, uh, empty stop presence. complaining so much and do it yourselves oh wait yeah. you can't because there's not a machine to do it but uh, shut up i'm handsome 
but but Boy, here's the thing. I mean, like at least at least he's not just gonna paint people. No, no, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to see I want to see a series of paintings of that shoe coming at George W. Bush. That's that's oh, the kind of perspective man. work I want. Uh, that was so good. Bless that man. So, don't yeah. you miss that that was like the best presidential scandal that oh, he had a yeah. th- shoe thrown on him? Don't you miss Rightfully that? Rightfully so, by a person who's like, hey, you fucked my entire country. Why won't yeah. you answer yeah. for it? My, Here's a my million shoe. of my fucking people are dead because of your sorry ass. My, uh, my, I mean, because the scandal was is that, that how did this guy get his second shoe off? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, how was the Secret Service not there already? Like, that well, was they were sandals, right? Yeah, but they like were, he throws a shoe, on. Yeah, like, yeah, a good 10 seconds elapse, and he throws his second shoe. 10 seconds is a long time for the Secret Service to have plowed everyone out of the way and tackled that guy. I, I mean, it's they, a, it's a, it's a little known fact. The Secret, the, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like the Secret Service actually a bunch of lefties. Yeah, they were like, <laughs> eh, you know, he could take a shoe, it's fine. We don't yeah. see a credible threat to his life. A shoe to the face <laughs> is appropriate. Uh, so yeah, great job. One point each for what if. And now, from the makers of Palm ou Palm de Terre, it's La Chose Francaise Arbitraire. That's the arbitrary French thing, and the only thing that's French about it is the name. So I'm going to pose a have, question to both It's going to be a Ben Franklin question. Oh, it's going to be quite a question. Not Ben Franklin, but... Ah, oh, uh, come on. He was the, the most French baller president. Is he, he wasn't Tom. president. Or, uh, yeah, Jesus Christ. Yeah, founding fathers. Um, uh, indeed, thank you very much. Yeah, the, <laughs> the, question, the question is this. Is it time for the United States to abolish the presidency? Given the abuse of executive orders, the divides in our country, and the exorbitant costs of a figurehead position? Would a Man. parliamentary style system be better? So let so- me know. What do you think? I'll chime in first on this one, because and with an earnest answer. Uh, it's not a funny answer. It's just the truth. When the United States is advising countries that are becoming democracies on how to construct their government, the United States of America, which is a this you know supposedly wonderfully constructed system, always prescribes a parliamentary system because they are vastly more stable and 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 far less open to corruption. Yep. So. <laughs> So we know, we know uh-huh. that a parliamentary system would be better. But we are so fucking attached to this balance of powers bullshit, this check and whatever yeah. uh, that we learned about in our, in our fucking uh, American history classes in, in, you know, fourth grade, that we don't even entertain the possibility for ourselves that maybe we should, in fact, do away with the executive branch has because it is we we have fallen into the precise trap that our founding fathers were trying to avoid and it has uh, it, sure have. it's not that, that we eradicated slavery because they were trying to avoid that too but it is that we have ended up with in effect you know a king for four years yeah yeah absolutely okay. so um one of the best things I watched in 2020, and I watched a lot of stuff in 2020. Who did? A lot of TV there shows, a lot of movies. To do. But easily one of the best things I watched is a, is a um, recording of a live performance uh, on Amazon Prime. You can watch it tonight um, called What the Constitution Means to Me. And it is, um, and in it, the, um, the, uh, the 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 main the writer creator person um posits like 
the, the final argument is, should we abolish the Constitution mm-hmm. and start over or should we just keep amending the Constitution? Sure. OK. And I think this gets to the, the, the point of your argument here. It's not just should we get rid of a president? Because right now we're going to have Joe Biden as president and thank God that he's going to be able to get things done through executive action because there's a good chance the Senate won't allow anything to happen during his f- first four years. Okay. Sure. Uh-huh. Um, so, so in that respect, then no, we shouldn't abolish the president because we need shit to get done. We need to get the United States vaccinated. We need to bounce back. We need to address climate change in a real way. Um, and that's the only way things are going to get done um, with with Mitch McConnell leading the Senate. And well, counterpoint. Yeah. Hold, I mean, on, counterpoint. hold on. Hold on. I'm not yeah. done. I'm not done. Um, <laughs> so the biggest argument that she has for. So she says she says, um, you know, she does this great thing of like, what would happen if we abolish the com- Constitution tomorrow and wrote a new one? Well, there are so many places where I've been mean, like in like 27 states, gay people could no longer be married if we did that. Mm-hmm. I mean, like there, there'd be real problems if we just were to to start over. Um, and so do I think there needs to be a curb of executive power? Yes. But I think it's more important that we get the government functioning again, mm-hmm. because the president doesn't have that much power when the government functions correctly. When the Senate and the House compromise on bills, pass legislation, the president signs it. But because we've had one particular party saying, if you compromise, it means you've lost for 20 years now. This oh, is 20 longer, years of this. Way longer. longer. 50 years. <laughs> yeah. like, like, then nothing gets accomplished. And that's, that's the Republicans' biggest weapon of why they get people to not vote. Because Republicans only get elected when people don't vote. Um, and, and because people don't vote, because they're like, well, nothing changes. And that's their greatest weapon, is to um, keep things from progressing. So yes, the presidency needs to have less power. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think on the whole, what we need to do is fix things about our government to make sure that that's okay. So I don't know that abolishing the president fixes that problem. Uh, okay. Abolishing I, the Senate fucking does. Well, sure, yeah. We can yes. we, and we can talk about that. That could take days. What I'm going to say is I think I think honestly from from my perspective that abolishing the presidency does get that done because part of the main problem with governance as it is is that people wait every 4 years to vote for in a popularity contest that costs billions of dollars and creates an industry that does not care about governance and only cares about the propagation of concepts of ideas that will never happen. If we didn't if we didn't have a president, if we instead had a parliamentary system where hey if if at if this year the the Democrats win more seats than the Republicans, we get a a Democrat prime minister, you have a totally different situation. Plus the parliamentary system also invites uh, factionalization of the parties too, in ways that would be important where like, Hey, the tea party becomes less important and less influential on the Republican party because it's only 10 guys who are all idiots. And if those 10 guys keep getting elected, fine. They just have to get them to opt in on a Republican thing versus going, Oh, we got to go full on that way because that's the tie. The, the, the president's thing creates this winner take all energy that is, that is toxic and, and it also gamifies all of politics to this to this extent that what we got 
with Trump because I think that I think that a lot of people genuinely voted for Trump because they were like, I don't like politicians. So fuck it. I'm going to pick the guy who's not a politician yeah. in the end. Oh, yeah. And I, mean, I think that was huge. Yeah. And that's and that's the problem is that we shouldn't be picking someone to 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 sign things that other people pass. We should be picking someone who is the leader of the group of people who are going to pass things that we care about. And we don't do that as evidenced by at time of recording, Trump came out and said, Hey, I I think that everybody should get $2,000 and tried to derail the entire relief bill passage. Not just the relief bill, the, the budget for the government, because they tied all that shit together. And and, and the fucking weak ass relief bill. Weak ass, weak relief, ass bill. relief bill. So I told my son, <laughs> to I told my son about this, and and I said, well, Trump wants to is delaying this whole thing because he wants two thousand dollars for every person because they're only giving six hundred dollars. He said two thousand dollars isn't enough, and I said, I know that. Yeah. There's but there's like, actually like only two thousand dollars every month for the entire year that we've been going through would have been enough, and that would have been enough for the media. It would have been just about enough. Yeah. You know, like you look at what most countries in the Western world did. Yeah, most of, uh, and by that I mean most of them. So uh, let's conclude Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, forget the Western world. Most developed countries did, uh, I mean, like $2,500 to $4,500 uh, or whatever their equivalent currency per month. Per month. It, yeah. Per month for everyone. Yeah, because yeah, they I mean, recognize like, how impactful. Yeah, be, I mean, like because they're paying people to stay home, and yeah, because exactly. we didn't pay people to stay home, and and yet, so here's the really upsetting thing: the richest people in this country could get every person in this country three thousand dollars and still be richer than they were when the pandemic started. Yep. Yeah, I like. I, I think I, that's I, fun. I, I shared that article. Yeah, your Bezos, yeah. your Musks, your Gateses. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be well, fair, Bill Gates a, really tries bad. to give a lot of money away. Yeah, but, but he also but, really tried to fuck a lot of people for most of his life until he turned yeah. about fifty-five years old. So I don't, I don't, I don't show, I don't give Bill Gates quarter uh, for any for any of his quote-unquote generosity. Like if if I spent if I spent my entire life until I was sixty just assaulting every single person I saw and keeping them from having any modicum of success. And then on my 61st birthday said, Hey, I'm going to give you uh, 10,000 bucks because you're nice. And then I never gave them any more money. Like, no, no, not going to work. Uh, great job on La Chose Francais Arbitraire. I'm going to give you each three points. And everybody should watch what the constitution means to me is it really is. It really is. I, I like, I, I watched it and uh, love it. Today. And- yeah, and then watch the century of the self. There you go. Get all. Hey, do you know this one? Do you know the century of the self? No. no. Oh fuck. Oh man. Uh, it's on. It's on YouTube as one video because uh, it's like ten hours long. But check it out. So here's the here's the deal, gentlemen. We are we are going into the final topic. You are tied at fourteen points. So Jeff, I know you're very competitive. This is serious, okay? Oh my you god, either, I'm totally going to lose arbitrarily. You either have to know what the final topic is or or you'll get nothing. You'll you'll just walk away from this week's episode. It's uh, going to be like name the give me the name of George Washington's dog. No, I'm not going to it's not going to be like that. Don't don't worry. So here we go. Final topic time. Jeff, I'm going to start with you. Do you have a vague idea about Billy Beer? Billy Beer? Billy Beer. Yeah, you have a vague idea about Billy Beer? 
Oh, is this the beer that Bill Clinton's like brother made? You're not you're not exactly right, but you you are correct in sort of a familial connection to beer manufacturing. So I'm gonna, I'm going to give you a point for that. Seth, Billy Beer. Uh, yeah, uh, that was. Are you having a? Are you? Because well, is it what they also I, used to call Sam Adams beer? Oh, well, I mean that's interesting. It's it that it's not. It's, it's another. It, I, I think it's a similar vein, right? It's a Carter. It is it is Carter's brother Billy's oh. beer that he sold. He made Billy beer, which was a beer that exists, and it was just called Billy beer. And yeah, Billy Carter. Very I'm just good. I'm just I'm just a simple peanut farmer. I mean, like that is. I really, make beer like, now. Trivia. Can't I? Can't I get a point with like some other obscure trivia? Because this means Seth is going to win, and I've yet to win one of these when I've been on. <laughs> well, there's no winning for people who are competitive. It's true. I, yeah. I, the the, the tighter the tighter you clench your fist, the more star I didn't even, systems. Seth, I didn't even, <laughs> I, Seth, I didn't even. I didn't even. Thank you, win the Grandma Tarkin. Star Wars. Um, <laughs> no, uh, you know, Jeff. Jeff, honestly, here, what I'm going to do because we've had such an illuminating conversation. And because this has been so interesting, uh, it's a tie. You're both going to tie with 16 points. Now, whether whether anyone thinks that Seth won with 16 points against 15 points, I mean, that's to the history books. Um, but as far as this Hall of Presidents is going to uh, immortalize This it, is like the, the presidential election of 1876. <laughs> thinking about 1924 or 18. I'm thinking of 1876. I am thinking of Rutherford B. Hayes doing some bullshit oh, and yeah. winning, winning without a popular. He was the first president to win without the popular vote. Well, and um, then also, but the one, the one before Jackson ran, because Jackson ran in what eighteen twenty eight. Um, he in eighteen twenty four. There was some shenanigans with that one, and that's why ja Jackson called it a corrupt election, and that's why Jackson ran for president. But, and you know what happened as a result is genocide. Yeah, genocide. genocide yeah, Jack yeah. Jackson, who who at one point I would have said four years ago probably our worst president. I can no longer say that. Chicken dinner. I I mean yeah probably the I mean it, it, it all kind of depends on how you you evaluate worst right like if it's in terms of effectiveness Jackson not the worst because he was very effective at what he set out to do which sucks was genocide. because that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He, he killed a shitload of the indigenous people of this. Country. Yeah, and he, uh, was, he and, and he kept slavery going. He was very yeah, yeah. pro-slavery. He was he's he was a bad man. Mm -hmm. He was he was a piece of shit. But you know, like so so is 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 our measure of worst president effectiveness? Is it morality? Is it you know like what what, what is it? And uh, when it comes to morality, I would say Trump is. Well, I don't know. Trump hasn't committed genocide. Yes, so. he has. We haven't been in a we haven't been in a war. Now he he, <laughs> he, he killed three hundred thousand people, man. He, yeah, he hasn't. He hasn't. But not. I mean, arbitrarily, not a specific group of people. Yeah, uh, you're right. You're right. Just uh, he's genociding the elderly, which I, so is time. So you know, <laughs> dark. Uh, so so the, so George W. Bush. 
like a like a year into Trump's presidency, went on some late night show and was like, "How do you like me now? Like I'm not so bad now, am I? Because Trump is so fucking bad." It's like, and, no, you're you're like, still bad. I was like, still "No, bad. W, you are still a bad president. You yeah. are still bad. Just a a bad not person. The worst. A bad yeah. person. Like he's still. I mean, there are over a million Iraqis that are dead because George W. Bush was a piece of shit. Yeah. There there aren't a million people who are dead because of of Trump." I am. I yeah, cannot stand Trump. Well, uh, I mean, sure. Yeah, we're yeah, yeah. we're coming up on it, but uh, but that's just Iraqis. I mean, we're not counting Afghanis or Yemenis or anything along those lines during the Bush administration. Just Iraqis, uh, north of a million. So you know, like, eh, am I defending Trump? No. Am I making sure that we retain perspective as we yes. talk about Trump? You know, there's there's no trail of tears. There's just Mexican kids in cages. Mm-hmm. But the Mexican kids in cages actually started under the Obama administration. It was just exacerbated under the Trump administration. Yeah, so yeah, it, like, they weren't separated from their families under the Obama administration. No, they all were kept in the same cages, which that's nice. Uh, yeah, yeah, everybody gets a habit trail of their own. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, like uh, tears, no tears, but a trail. I think it's yeah, it's important to it's important to to delineate the difference between performative badness and actual badness and then and then all the other things in between the important thing yeah. is it's a terrible job and uh, very few people have ever been good at it and yet somehow we still act like it's the fucking bee's knees and that is tragic thank you both for participating in this episode can, can we can we actually finish it with a little bit of inspiration because i feel like we've talked about a lot of bad things can we yeah, talk about yeah. it? If you can fire us, I I think we should each say who our best president was and why. (laughs) Um, And I'm going to go for the easy one, but but not just because it's easy Um, in Abraham Lincoln, Um, because because not just because he freed slaves and not just because he somehow managed to hold the country together, um, but not his own head. Jeff couldn't <laughs> during the Civil War. <laughs> Old country together, sure, but a uh, uh, head divided against just itself. a non sequitur. Do you know bullet? what? Do you know why Lincoln died that night at the theater? It's because he was shot in the fucking head. No, it's because <laughs> Grant's wife did not like Mary Todd Lincoln. Um, because Grant was supposed to go with the Lincolns to the theater that night, but because Grant's wife didn't like Mary Todd, they begged off, and Grant would have had a bodyguard with him because he was a general in the box with them. And that would have, that person would have stopped Booth. Anyway. So what you're saying is that uh, Mary Todd Lincoln took Grant for granted? No, I mean, I'm, I'm talking about that Grant's wife. It's a joke, was... Jeff. You just got to let me ride the oh. joke. Come on. I, I've got presidential <laughs> trivia. I have presidential trivia. Hold on, yeah. hold the horse. Okay. Harry S. Truman and Ulysses S. Grant. Mm-hmm. What did the S's stand for? Oh, I don't know. Susan, nothing. Nothing. In both cases, just S. They were. Wow. They were just an S. Ulysses S. Grant actually was not his name. Uh, his name was Hiram Ulysses Grant, and they fucked it up when he was in the military. Like on, uh, uh, when he was graduating from West Point or something, they called Ulysses S. Grant. He's like, I guess that's my name now. Uh, then Harry S. Truman. Both of his grandfather's first names started with S, so his parents decided to just leave his middle name as S rather than deciding between the two grandfathers. Hey, that's good. All right. So anyway, All right, great. But, Seth but Lincoln, wins the show. No, 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 no. 
So Lincoln, <laughs> I, I feel like the reason why Lincoln was the best president is because he wanted to listen to everyone. He wanted to listen to, I, I mean, like, like he created this team of rivals because he wanted different opinions in the room. And that is what the president should be, is a person who listens to every side and then makes a decision. And that's I what Lincoln yeah, I disagree too, but I, I admire. I admire. I think that's a, the, that's a bullshit pluralist interpretation of what it should be to be the president. I, I, right. I, well, who's your favorite president? Yeah, Seth. Seth oh, our, our greatest dictator, uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which, yes, there are problems with the New Deal. The, yeah. Unquestionably, you know, there was a lot of racism at the time, and, and then, then the packing of the courts and all that stuff. Well, I mean, exactly. Like, fucking I packed the courts. He was a dictator. He was a dictator in order to improve the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was he was a dictator with a heart. Yeah. Um, and polio. But, <laughs> you know, he but he, he got shit done. He established some of the best systems in this country. Yeah. Uh, and although uh, we can all agree he the, the redlining. He, that was Eisenhower. But he uh, redlining is, is a terrible scourge on the on the New yeah. Deal. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, you know, like you, the, the establishment of the welfare state uh, and bringing us not only out of the Great Depression, but then also elevating us to the, to the level of, of a global superpower uh, during the Second World War. Like the man was a force of nature and he yeah, was he unquestionably, really unquestionably one of those that was president of the United States because he wanted to make it a better place. Yeah. Lincoln was also one of those, uh, although the Emancipation Proclamation to be clear, freed zero slaves uh, because it applies yes, because it only covered the border states, but mm-hmm. but the uh, but the the sentiment was there. Yeah, uh, the sentiment. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, he, he was responsible for the Thirteenth Amendment, which the Thirteenth Amendment also fucking problematic because who can still be slaves? Prisoners. Anybody so what have we done? Is of a create. Crime. Yeah. Uh, you, we've created yeah. the largest number of prisoners in the world and he i totally agree I totally in china agree they've got five times but as many people i totally agree with that but he he made it a goal to make the country better and i i just like that nate do you have one that's different than the two that we've i i don't i mean uh, roosevelt's the best the best thing i can say i mean uh, otherwise it's like hypotheticals i mean otherwise what I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna go back to carter and say hey someone who actually told us like it was is the best thing we could have had. And we turned away from it because we were too afraid of the idea that, hey, maybe we do need to just put a fucking sweater on and stop gassing up our fucking barracudas and drag racing and shit and acting like the fucking world belongs to us because we exist. And we rejected that wholeheartedly and spent the last 45 years coming up with ways to beat back reality uh, at all means necessary. And and yeah, um, I don't know. I, I mean, I mean, great president, but failed to reject the creation of a be, consumer estate that was predicated on selfishness. To be fair, I mean, I think you know, Carter. Carter was a lovely is a, is a lovely man, and yes, of course, had problems as president. Uh, I mean, the, his handling of the economic crisis was interesting not and uh, not good. <laughs> not, not good. Um, <clears throat> So yeah, like he he was not remarkably effective, although he would he was a much better person uh, yes. than Reagan, and certainly had a like whatever his bad policies were, they were they paled in comparison to the shitness of, of Reagan's. Uh, but I mean, let us not forget that the real you know like root, and this is not funny. This is just, I'm sorry. This is not funny. This is just history. 
the real root of everything that has gone wrong in this country uh, is, is Nixon yep. and the Southern strategy. Absolutely. And the, I mean, just the absolute uh, cynicism of the Republican Party since Nixon and the cynicism that the Democratic Party has taken since, since Clinton. We have, we have groups of people in power that are, all they are is capitalists. Uh, all they give a shit about is the maintaining of money and power. And they have no care for the people, with the exception of the very few. There are very few people who are in Congress. Carter would have been a great prime minister if we had a parliamentary system. That's what God damn right. God damn uh, right. Uh, so, yeah, thank you both for being on. Uh, uh, since you're since you are in a uh, in a in an effective tie, I'd like to give you both an opportunity to plug anything that you think is important to people to check out, to see, to do. Seth, plugs. Oh, man. The first time, I, do you remember the first time I was on this show? Like, there was an hour was... of plugs. I got up to go to the bathroom in the <laughs> yeah. middle of the plugs and came back, and you were still doing plugs. Yeah, there, there, it, was I mean, long, just, it was long. Trip. I had a litany. I had a litany. Uh, and now there's a pandemic, and I'm a theater person, and so there's no plugging to be done. Come see the Colorado Shakespeare Festival opening in June. I'll be in that. <laughs> and that's 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 the the beginning and the end of the list. However, you know, please, for the love of God check out the organizations that make this country a better place because yes. they are out there. Mm-hmm. We have local organizations like Warm Cookies of the Revolution uh, that do extremely good work. We have, you know, whether it's your local Black Lives Matter, whether, I mean, if you're if you're a socialist, find a socialist party that works for you. I like the Party for Socialism and Liberation. Um, although, of course, they have their problems too because everybody does. But, you know, like go, go find something that is meaningful to you, something that you can latch onto, something that you really truly believe in and, and without cynicism and without, uh, without, you know, just without, without losing that, that core belief that yes, we can make this a better country. Find something, find someone. Mm-hmm. And do something you good. Can, they, they can do something good and do yeah. something good with them. I agree That's my well. plug. Yeah, well said. Jeff, plugs. So uh, I don't have anything theater that I can officially announce yet, but I will, if you have me back on in uh, February or March, I will. So bring me back on in February, March. I can do that. I can do that. Um, and, um, but I, I, I really want to implore something um, that I think we all need to take much more seriously. And just that if, if you are outside your home, and with people who you're not normally around, please wear a mask. Fuck yes. Because yeah, because yeah. uh, I think we all just want to, even if even if we're all vaccinated, we still have to wear a mask. We still have to wear a mask until they say the pandemic is over and you can stop wearing a mask. Yeah, and you just gotta and be smart every single it. every single medical expert says wearing a mask will do more good than any vaccine. So please wear a mask. Um, and uh, if you're if you're looking to enrich your life while you're at home, uh, watch what the Constitution means to me. Watch Mrs. America. Watch um, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. What was Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Bottom. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Mm-hmm. Fog um, of War, another great documentary. Oh yeah. Uh, watch uh, Just Mercy. Um, Just Mercy was really good. Very um, very important. Uh, yeah, those are the things that will really enrich your life. Now, there's a lot of other stuff that I watched this year that I really enjoyed, but those are the things that are important to watch. And um, uh, so, so enrich your life, inform yourself, um, read 
the ones we've been waiting for read books that in that inform you what what the country what how you can help the country instead of just the latest <laughs> i'm not going to read any more books about how bad of a president trump was that's my resolution there's nothing to be gained we from, lived it from reaffirming yeah we were there and um, we should be able to keep the oral history alive ourselves fuck that guess. So, Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, yeah, just, just read more. Um, I'm looking at my list of books that I read this year and wondering if yeah. there's any read blowout by Rachel Maddow. Very good book. Very okay. informative. Be informed. Um, and, and wear a mask. Yes. There was, there was a, a wonderful film that I saw, uh, on, I think it was Amazon prime or something in which, uh, yay, corporations providing things that we enjoy, but, uh, it was called pride. And it was about uh, uh, activists in, in the United Kingdom, uh, gay activists, who took it upon themselves to support the cause of the mining unions against Thatcher. And so they went out, you know, they raised a bunch of money. They went out to, uh, I, I want to say it was Wales. They went out to Wales mm-hmm. to, uh, to give the money to these miners. Miners, of course, were not particularly keen on, on, on homosexuality as a concept. Uh, because and minors. we're surprisingly all over eighteen, despite their name. <laughs> hey, Wink. but it was, but ultimately, of course, you know these these socially conservative men and women came around and embraced these this group of young uh, gay activists who had come to support them. This is based on a true story. It's very much a true story. It is a story of solidarity and a reminder that we are all stronger together. Fuck yes, yes we are. We must. Always remember that no matter our minute difference, yeah. at the end of the day, we are stronger together. No so matter find the, the, commonality. the incredible budgets put up to divide us, we have to we have to remember that we're stronger together. Thank thank you both so much for being on. This this was a lot of fun. Um, I think we all learned a lot and educated people, I hope. Otherwise, we just kind of piss people off. And that's fine because that makes good uh, listening. If uh, If listeners like this show... You can uh, rate and review us wherever you listen. We would appreciate if you do that. Subscribe as well. That would be great. Check out our social media. We've got uh, we've got Twitter. We got uh, the Instagram. We've got a Facebook group and a Facebook page. There's all sorts of fun happening on the Vague Idea Network. You just got to check it out. Uh, you can also check out the the writer of our theme song, Michael J. O'Connor, has a Bandcamp website of all of his music, and he is a very talented musician, michaeljoconnor.bandcamp.com. And we have two other podcasts on the network that I'd like to draw your attention to. One is Roll for Blank. That is our actual play, Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Uh, we're doing the Legacy of Lumineera campaign that I wrote myself uh, on that show right now. And uh, the other podcast is Funky Spunk, our show that covers sex in the city, episode by episode, hosted by Britt and Zimmy. So if you're looking for content made in Denver, get in those. They're good. They're real good. And yeah, I will, I will, uh, I will second what you all have said. I mean, let's keep wearing masks. Let's keep taking this seriously. We're all, we're all tired of it. Like, we're all tired of it. I get it. I'm fucking burnt out, man. I'm sick of it. But guess what? That doesn't mean it's done. I've been sick of a lot of things in my life. They weren't over. So uh, we just got to keep going. Keep going. Be good to each other. Find the commonalities. Live like your friends and neighbors because you are. And the only things that are dividing you are people who have a lot at stake to keep you divided. So don't let them win. Goddamn right. 
Fuckers want to fuckers want to fuck. Don't let them fuck. Do the fucking yourself. All right. We all had a vague idea about U.S. presidents this week, and that is a good thing because the devil is in the details. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Adios. A Vague Idea is written and produced by me, Nate Regolian, with Shannon Page, and sometimes John Peros. Information about topics often come from Wikipedia, so hey, why not donate a bit to that? Sound effects are Creative Commons public domain. If you like this podcast, tell a few people, and subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you listen. And if you happen to like reading science fiction, check out the small press I started with my friend Sean Gorkowski. You can find Spaceboy books at readspaceboy.com. 